Hi everyone and welcome to episode 159 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with the lovely Lauren. <laughs> Bye. Hi. Hi. <laughs> welcome everyone to this wonderful podcast about Final Fantasy. I just got um, so carried away with the you fact did that you called car- me lo- lovely. You got very carried away. You, you called me lovely. You're making it seem like I don't compliment you. You don't actually ever. Apart from when I just did. Apart from when you do. Uh. Which is like all the time. So thank you. <laughs> So yes, today we are going to be talking about a few different things, but we've, we're we going to primarily focus on questions, actually, are this we? episode. Yeah. Oh, it's very interesting. We've had quite a few questions building up over the last couple of episodes, and we decided to kind of merge it all into one, pick the best mm. ones. Hopefully we've got some good conversation topics. Mm. I hope so, too. Yeah. So our main conversation is actually going to be around Final Fantasy sixteen. Someone has asked us for our thoughts around when it should come out, what we want from it, etc. So that's going to be our main topic. Well, we've got a couple of other questions after that. And then we've got a couple of different news stories as well, which we're going to delve into. We actually have news. Are you excited, Lauren? Oh, I'm so excited. That Look didn't sound me. very excited. It sounded like I'm a very so sarcastic excitement. <laughs> I'm so full of beans. Yes. Good. Let's go. Because everyone else should hopefully be excited too. Yeah. But before we get on to too much excitement... I have to remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is, of course, part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And before we go on to our Patreon shoutouts, we do actually need to announce that we've opened a Discord server. Yeah. Now, I don't really know the best way to feed the Discord link through to anyone listening to the podcast right now. Because yeah, basically, um, if you don't know, like Discord, I think it's every day, isn't it? They reset the link or something. You can you can make a consistent one. You can make a consistent yeah. one, but it's a bit difficult to read yeah. that out probably on the podcast. We could put the link in, in the iTunes. I don't know if we description? can. No? Hmm. But what I was we'll thinking about, about doing, it. though, is um, on the Final Fantasy Union website, on the right-hand side, we have a couple of different social networking buttons i think i'm putting a discord button there so if you do want to join the chat and talk to lauren and myself or churo brandon sabrina from kingdom Hearts union uh, as well as all the other people that have joined it so far i think we've got about 40 or 50 people in there so far then uh yeah then hopefully that will enable you to join yes but it's the difficulty of podcasting it's difficult it to is. share stuff like Links. that because <laughs> like literally the link is like just numbers like it's yeah. just it's not even there's an no easy consistency link. no at all Anyway, so Patreon shoutouts, Lawrence. Woo! All right, so starting off, we have Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Well, we need to. Oh, we need to say what it is. Yeah, don't I we? mean, it's, this is uh, for everyone so who's the pledged. following. Yeah, the following people are the people who have pledged two dollar fifty or more on the podcast uh, per episode, and we are eternally grateful. Eternally to grateful. You all. Lauren um, just wants to get onto the name reading, though. She just. I know. Well, another announcement that we have to make before we. I was going to do it afterwards, it. actually. Are you going to do it afterwards? Yeah. Mm, what should we do? Should we do it afterwards? Do you think? We can do it before. We okay. can do it before? Okay. Uh, basically, we have started to be a bit more diligent in our PBE episodes on Patreon. So um, we are definitely going to do a PBE once a month, every month. The second second weekend of every month is when we're going to start uh, releasing them now. Um, just to keep it consistent, essentially. Because I think that's the problem, is that we were kind of trying to remember to do them each month. But... 
it just it just was something where like if you're already doing a podcast in the weekend you don't really want to have to edit another podcast on top of it well you do want to but it's just difficult for it was like once time. we got it done we just wanted to we had to generally leave like, or go somewhere else or, or do yeah. something else because i mean yeah it takes like forever to just even record the one podcast so recording the next one and then editing it is a lot but I want to do this. I think that this is something that's important and it's something that we've promised you and we really want to um, do it right for you guys. So the other thing that we're going to do with the PBEs is that on our PBE episodes, we're going to announce a giveaway winner each month. Um, And this hopefully, like, I mean, I want to try and announce it on the podcast as well. So um, I'll have to let Brandon know (laughs) as well to announce it on his but um, we've just had a big a big problem with communication recently on the Patreon. Like, um, we'll message out people who have won or we'll say it in the episode and then they just don't get back to us. So maybe if by chance uh, the people who are, have supported us on Patreon are listening to the podcast, um, we'll catch them this way. Well, I mean, that, so the winner of this month's giveaway, October's giveaway, is Griffin Golding. So mm. if you are listening, Griffin, then go on to Patreon and check please, the messages. Please, please go on the messages, please. Because we want to give away things. We don't want to, like, just sort of leave it and then be like, well, nobody's claiming them. Because, like, you know, it, it's just silly. Someone needs to win it. Someone needs to win. Someone needs to win and somebody needs and to get their prize. And it could be you And it could listening. be you if you're listening. All right, Lauren. But yeah. Um, Go so, for the name readings. Yes, the names. All right, so we have Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Lewis James. Christian Burge. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. William Trengove at Vonestiksure. Mike. Dustin Smith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trader J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Kayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yon Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. John McRae. Marcus Karnecki. Miles Ribbons. And Richard Holman at Vex Lenin. And I also want to welcome Dustin Smith as a new Patreon supporter this month. Woo! Yay! Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody else, as well. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, 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 yes. Apologies for the slightly long, elongated. Yeah. Uh, long, elongated intro. It needed to be <laughs> I am said. on fire today. I'm, yeah. This is going to be a good episode. All right. So, our question segment, Lauren, do you want to kick things off? I will kick things off. All right. So, our first one is from Jordan Roman who asks, in terms of the future of the franchise, since we waited approximately seven years between Final Fantasy XIII and XV, do you think Square Enix should focus on putting out Final Fantasy XVI ASAP, or would you rather them focus on remakes and other projects? I It's a difficult question to answer. Yeah. I mean, I think after Final Fantasy XV came out, both you and I were very... They need to do Final Fantasy XVI ASAP. Like yeah. they, Final Fantasy XV, no matter what you think about it, in terms of what it did for the franchise uh, from a, a kind of critical perspective, like whether you like the game or not, the game sold. Mm-hmm. It sold over six and a half million copies and it put Final Fantasy back on the map. Not necessarily because of the quality of the product, I don't think, yeah. but it just, the spectacle that surrounded the franchise was was crazy. Like the yeah. fact that they had 
Uncovered, the fact that the launch was so big, like every single thing that happened from Uncovered through to the release of Final Fantasy 15 was mainstream video game news. Like, yeah. With Kingslave as well, like the fact they got like the, the AAA actors in there, they had Brotherhood, which has been watched like 10 million times, I think it is like total. Um, and obviously like the mobile games and everything, they, they've been in the spotlight yeah. very significantly. And from my perspective, it's like, why wouldn't you ride that momentum? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you? Because that's how Final Fantasy got popular in the first place. Because yeah. they had a consistent game coming out every two years, approximately. Like, sometimes it was less than two years. Sometimes it was slightly more. But on average, it was around two years. And when they were going through the crest of riding it from six to seven to eight to nine to ten, there was a consistency. Like, it, all those games came out in the space of, like, six years. And... Because of that, like the they were able to just ride that momentum, but then once ten came out, they kind of lost it. Like they yeah. had ten two that came out that was obviously a sequel, but that's only going to appeal to people that liked ten. I mean, to be fair, they didn't have they they had a bit of a, a muddle, didn't they? Because like Final Fantasy twelve was going through like that went through development hell, and like they haven't. It's almost like they haven't recovered from it still like even now like i mean even 13 had a bit of problems um yeah they 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 kind of just they confused themselves i think yeah. because e- the older games obviously had changes that took place mm-hmm. but nothing as significant as what we started seeing well i think part of the issue is the fact that like it's it's so blatant that they they don't have the organization that they used to have like they would have the different teams sort of working on different projects at the same time so that they could be like they could meet in the middle so it's okay if this if this bd releases this game at this time whatever we still have this other team working on this game so they can release that like a year after yeah and And like it's all final fantasy 16 is like significantly developed significantly dependent upon if they're working on Final Fantasy 16 at the moment. Which they may be in small ways. They should be. But I they think should have been for the I mean, last obviously, few years. Obviously games take longer now for Square Enix for whatever reason. Mm. But if you look at Western Studios, they don't seem to. They can no. churn out high quality games within two years. It's also probably because they're smart about it and use similar assets as well. They're exactly. not constantly changing engines like, like Square if, Enix is. If going back, I mean, obviously like 10.2 was kind of the start of it. Like they, were re- yeah. they reused those assets. They wanted yeah. to get a game out quicker. And they wanted to kind of ride the crest of, of hype around um, around 10. Obviously, mm. it was a very successful game. It sold about 8.5 million copies, I think, when it during like its initial release period. Of but was time. um was 12 as well on the same on the same engine, or was that no a different no one? that, that was, was again they they pretty much started from scratch, completely really? new team. Well, that's what they used to do, wasn't it? They had the kind of the the cycles, so yeah. 10 or sorry, seven and eight different to like nine different teams like they had different teams yeah. working on so they could work on them kind of side by side yeah which is what they should do and and obviously after 10 came out they moved on to 10 2 and then after 10 2 came out well after 10 came out they really started working on 13 that team was on 13 yeah but then they obviously had the mmos that added a new dimension yeah. to things so then like some of the teams split off to work on the mmos mm-hmm. so then they had essentially three teams working on main final fantasy games at the same time 10-2 came out, they moved on to 13, and then 12 was supposed to come out sooner. I think that was supposed to come out 2014, mm. 2015. No, it's 2014. 2004, 2005. Ended up coming out 2006 because it got delayed by about two years. Yeah. So that obviously put things back. But then with... And I don't know if that's because... Yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's kind of been a chain reaction because yeah. obviously with 13, 
they were developing that on the PlayStation 2. That was supposed to come out on the PlayStation 2 13. Yeah. That was supposed to come out after 12, but 12 got pushed back to the point where that came out right at the end of the generation, like 9 did. We've already seen when the games come out, for whatever reason, because the install base is so high, I guess it's because people are already looking at what's next, but games that come out at the end of generations don't sell very well. Yeah. Um, Like 9 was the worst selling game of that generation. 12 was the worst selling game of that generation. Um, And then 13, they... We just covered it in the video we just did, but they, they were originally working on it for PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. They did the Final Fantasy VII tech demo for the PlayStation 3, and they decided to completely move development, basically start from start the game from scratch Yeah. to work on the PlayStation 3, which, which then at least meant, it takes time. Which, yeah, which then meant it took six years to develop that game. And like, if you think about it, like they've not had, they've not had a smooth selling game like in ages. I mean, because even Final Fantasy XIV, they completely had to redo it they redid 14 in that time and um oh sorry in the time after 13 mm-hmm. and then also on top of that you had final fantasy 15 which was all in shambles yeah, i mean so it was final fantasy if, if you're talking 13. about development time so final fantasy 10 came out 2001 right mm-hmm. 2002 in europe i think final fantasy uh 12 was 2006 so that was essentially five years between mm-hmm. final fantasy uh um 12 to uh 13 is another four years because that was 2010 yeah. End of 2009 for Japan. And then Final Fantasy 15 is is uh, seven years. Like the smartest thing... Yeah, seven, eight years. The smartest thing they could have done is actually followed that theory that was going on that Ito was secretly working on Final Fantasy 16 behind the scenes, but it was supposed to be 15, but it just got bumped up to 16. That's probably the smartest thing they could have done because that would have meant that he would have had enough time to have a solid story and maybe basic sort of designs and stuff, and then they could yeah. announce it and then release it. I mean, I don't know what happened to the team necessarily after they finished 12. Obviously, uh, Matsuno left mm-hmm. during the projects, but Ito was still around. Yeah. And we don't know what he's doing. Essentially, no. after... 12 finished he should have been moving over to work on his new project i mean like that was a decade ago now yeah. like it's it's who knows what he's doing if exactly. he's working on something like but they clearly that. don't have much faith in it but there's that and then there's also the fact that they've moved a lot of the people who are working on the console games onto mobile i mean mobius i'll give it all the credit it's it's fantastic that, story but like they moved that, their prime uh, console people onto I, mobile i feel games. like we've discussed it before but i think that's the reason why their products just take so long now because yeah. Instead of having it so that um, you have specialist teams. So obviously yeah. they do have three divisions that are dedicated to mobile titles. Yeah. They also have every single division also works on their own mobile titles. Yeah. So BD1, which work, which is working on the Final Fantasy VII Remake, they're also working on Mobius, which yeah. is a massive game. Yeah. Um, you've got BD3, which is doing Kingdom Hearts 3. They're also working on Kingdom Hearts Key. And they're also working on a load of other... I think they've got three or four mobile games yeah. that, that those guys are working on. Like, they're double dipping in order to like, sort of to cut bat, costs. Tabata, and... obviously, was working Final Fantasy XV. I guess keeps But then there's been kind of consultation on A New Empire, but obviously they're not developing that. But they no. did Justice Monsters 5. They did King's Knight. And, like, that's the thing as well, is that they don't accept help, it seems like. Like, with CyberConnect 2, they just dropped them because they were just like, oh, it's not up the level of quality, whatever. And it's just like, well, yeah, but at the same time, like, you you obviously stuck with them for two years. Like, you could have, you could have, you obviously didn't think it was bad enough, like, in those two years. Like, yeah. that would be, that would be, like right off the bat oh this is not working we should drop them yeah i mean but like kind of the counter argument to this is i know jordan asked this about would would we rather than focus on remakes 
I feel as though Square Enix are treating the Final Fantasy VII Remake as the next big Final Fantasy game. Yeah. So if that does come out, let's say... But then even if it comes out in 2019, which is kind of it's, the best guess right now, that's still going to be, what, three years? I know. No, I four hate year, to be, Three I, years. I hate to be really cynical and horrible, but, like, I really don't see this panning out well for them. Like, I just think that they... Square Enix is kind of reactionary. So, like, they weren't going to focus on Final Fantasy 16 because they were so worried that Final Fantasy 15 was going to bomb. So they just wanted to see how Final Fantasy 15 did. Now Final Fantasy 15 is kind of over, but they're just like, oh, well, fans still really want this. So let's not have the team work on something new. Oh, no, let's have them pump out more Final Fantasy 15 stuff. And it's just like, but uh, at the same time, like, you know, this this is a party. This is a group of people who are very talented working on a game that they've been working on for the last 10 years. Give them something new. I mean, new. like, it's easy. I, I feel it's easy for you and I to sit here oh, at some yeah, degree. And, like, we completely. don't know the inner workings of Square. Like, if they did genuinely think that Final Fantasy 15 was going to bomb, it, sh- it wouldn't make too sense for them to be too far along with Final Fantasy 16. And obviously, we also sit here and say they shouldn't announce things too early. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in an ideal world... They should be at the point where, like, at the end of this year, I would have, I would have, I was hoping for them to announce Final Fantasy 16. Like, ride that, like, everyone's talking about Final Fantasy right now. Announce Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. But have it so far enough along that it's not going to take six years to come out because then that's just demoralizing for everyone. Exactly. And I mean, it's exactly what they've done with the Final Fantasy 7 remake. They announced it way too soon. Yeah. Like, with Final Fantasy 15, like, Square Enix should have known that it was going to sell okay. Well, the, the, the amount of money they put into marketing Like, yeah. I mean, they should have known. Like, I just feel like it's it's just this weird thing, this weird mentality that they have that they just kind of like, no, let's see how things go. We'll, we'll pump this out and then and we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll not plan. We won't plan the next one. But then, like, right when it stops, they're just like, oh, wait, no, we're, we're actually doing another one. And it's just like, well, you didn't actually do any, you didn't take the time. It's like, it's like the, it's the grasshopper who sang all summer. They don't have any way of just kind of regrouping and organizing well, yeah. which is exactly why the stories are, like, so un- disorganized and stuff. Because you think, like, with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, they announced that really if you look back at a terrible time yeah. it was it was before final fantasy 15 came out took the attention away from that took like, the attention away from kingdom hearts 3 as well because of nomura like i think that one and I, what was it for it was for nothing because exactly. the game's not even going to come out for a, like, Nom- it was because nomura said he wanted he wanted the console sales to go up yeah so yeah that, that was what they, they announced yeah i've forgotten about that actually they announced the final fantasy 7 remake to try and boost sales of the playstation 4 so that the other games would sell so let's boost the sales of the playstation 4 for a game that's not even like that far into development yeah that may not even be consistently on the ps4 that may not even, yeah that PS4 may not even come out on the playstation 4 like it's just oh namora stop like i mean that's that's the other thing as well i know that everybody loves namora and i like namora like as a character designer, but if you think about all of the projects that he has a part in, like, it, you're never going to see this game. You're never going to see it. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous that they made him director of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and in fact, it wasn't even his choice. Yeah, like, I mean, I just, I understand that he's probably the best choice for it, but they should have at least waited for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out. And there wouldn't have been any harm. No. They could have announced the, the Final Fantasy VII remake this year. Mm-hmm. Or even next year. Yeah. 
and Especially it would have been coming with yeah. CyberConnect. Like that could have all been done behind scenes, but the fact that they announced it and then announced the fact that CyberConnect Two was working on it as well. They've also had they've had a bit of an embarrassment because now they've had to disband from CyberConnect and they're like we're in house and that's putting a lot of fear into people's sort of heads like oh god well, we don't know what we're going to get now is this going to be another Final Fantasy fifteen ev- everything we saw before was CyberConnect 2's work yeah. under the guidance of Nomura who obviously wasn't happy now we don't know when we're going to see anything again I know. and we don't even know if it's going to be the same because. They just- it's just, it's showing the cracks of Square Enix as a company because they're just so unsure of themselves. Like, so many other game companies seem very sure of their decisions. Like, Atlas, they know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to release. They know what they want it to look like. It comes out. Like, Square Enix just seems to keep, they keep falling into this freaking mess of a thing where they're just like, let's try this engine. Let's try this engine. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's just like, no, just just make a decision and stick with it. If it absolutely doesn't work, don't do it. But like, if it's just a matter of like, this is just this is just not up to the quality that we want or whatever. Like, it's better to just go in hardcore than to come out with something half-assed because you ran out of time because you had to switch engines. Yeah. You know, like it's just oh, it's so. It's so frustrating, but yep. I don't want to get too negative. Back to the original question, Yeah, the original though. question. Um, I don't think... I don't know when we're going to see Final Fantasy XV, because yeah, I, mean, I don't even know who's going to direct it. Uh, my my preference would have been that they push out Final Fantasy XVI as a massive priority for them. Yeah. Um, I would have thought I so. would have rather they'd done that than, than do the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I would rather they do that than focus on other projects, because yeah. the whole thing about Final Fantasy is that each game is independent. So by, by default with saying other projects spin-offs or whatever they don't need to exist no they really don't if you look at the sales of final fantasy games the main series games outsell all others Mm -hmm. like bar none there are no there are no spin-off titles that have overachieved Mm. and i don't know why they keep they I just mean, think like, it's easy yeah it's just they? kind of easy money let's just expand let's do some spin-offs and maybe they just things. feel like they feel a bit lost because they don't have a visionary anymore to sort of guide them into what story to go in i mean i guess they sort of put all of their they they kind of almost put all of their stuff in the basket of namora because namora is the only one who who seems to really be actively feeding ideas because he's i mean you can see it from the fact he's got that his hand in everything yeah he like has he's... his hand in every single thing that Square Enix does but it's problematic because he he's he needs well, somebody else i mean even to the point where obviously he's working on uh the final fantasy 7 remake right now he's working on kingdom hearts 3 two of the but biggest games we just had uh a dissidia nt live stream and they were telling a story on that like hazama who's the uh, the producer on on the dissidia nt was saying like oh yeah no i was having conversations with namura like midnight and he was talking to about how we should do the story and how we should deal with future characters and stuff and it's like why why is Nomura involved in those conversations because he's the creative producer on the game and mm. you can imagine that the same kind of conversations were happening in World of Final Fantasy as well and yeah. the City Opera Omnia like Definitely. all these other games that he's taking part in he has to have creative input because either I don't know if it's the teams don't trust themselves or he, or he doesn't, doesn't trust, trust them. them. But I just think, like, he almost Well, Kitaze seems... is even flipping, helping out with the story of the City NT, and he's not even in the same business division. No. no, like, I mean, the thing with Nomura is that I think, well, one, I know that he probably, he probably is an ego 
person. He probably does have quite a big ego. Um, just considering, like, just the way that he is. And so I feel like he would throw, like, I've, I've read in interviews that he's, like, thrown hissies. He threw a hissy about the Cyber Connect 2 trailer. Um, and it seems like a child's throwing his toys out of the pram. And I think they've he's, just... It's because they've he's let a creative, it get, isn't he? But I think they've let it get too far. And I don't think that Nomura is very organized. I don't, I don't think that Nomura is... I don't think that he reins it in well. I think that he's someone who has a load of ideas, a load of things that he wants to do, but he's not very good at settling down and saying, this is what we're going to well, do, it's just never, and this is what we do. It's never really a good idea to have someone involved with that much because he can suddenly exactly. turn around and say, actually, Hazama... I need you to write stories for all downloadable characters that are coming to the game. And they're just like, well, how we hadn't, what? No. And like, the other if- issue is the fact that Square Enix is scared crapless of failing. And they feel as though Nomura, he's selling stuff. He is their sort of poster boy. He's the only one that they really trust because they've they've gave given him the power to what it showed because i asked in the that survey we did like who would you like to direct final fantasy 16 and the majority i'd say that at least 80 percent of the votes nine even almost 90 percent of the votes were split between namura and tabata because no one even knows who any of the other creators are anymore no no more well they don't give him a chance do they i mean poor chiba like the fact that you know world of final fantasy could have been his big thing if it had come out, uh, if they had planned that better and when it was releasing, they should have pushed that back too, as well as uh, Final Fantasy XV. But, like, that could have been something that pushed him. And I think that's something that we have to start supporting is is the smaller directors that they do big up on in Square Enix because, you know, they, that's the only way that we're going to see a future with Square Enix and this future with Final Fantasy is if we give the other people a chance to just go up the ranks they've been relying too heavily on the original generation just because they're scared crapless of going bankrupt (laughs) essentially but when yeah going back to the original we we went way off that but like final fantasy 16 i just i don't see unless they are producing something with ito behind the scenes I just don't see it coming out yeah, anytime and, soon. I mean, I don't know what their marketing schedule would be like, but yeah. I feel as though Final Fantasy VII Remake is is it now. Yeah. And until that's done, we're not really going to see anything else. No. Obviously, Tabata's working on his new IP. They're going to have to try and figure that out. But he said that's not even coming out until the next console generation. That so that's going to be four like, or five years. so much on with Final Fantasy XV. Like, I wish, I really do wish that they would have stopped with Final Fantasy XV. I don't think that they should have another year of that. I don't. But that's oh, well. just me. Anyways, so, next we're question. So positive, yeah. Aren't we? you're well, so hey, I, I'm positive. I think that was I really positive. I want the next positive. game to come out. I do too. I, I really want the next game to come out. But I'm just so I'm just so fed up with how un- unorganized everything is at the moment. Like it just feels like everything is up in the air. Okay. So our next question is from yes. Rachel Castanet at Urbion Ray, and she wants to know: Are you both excited that the Final Fantasy Ultimania guidebooks will eventually be released physically in English? And are there any in particular that you'll be buying? Um, I am so excited for this. I mean, I thought, like, it was weird. Like, we, I swear we were only talking about that, like, the week before they were, they were announced for, um, that they were coming out with them. Like, I was just sort of saying, like, it would be so great if, if the English translations would come out. And now that they are, I'm just like, 
this is amazing. But the one that I'm probably looking forward to the most is Final Fantasy X. I love Spira. I think that Spira is one of the most complex and well-executed worlds of Final Fantasy. I mean, Gaia is really nice with Final Fantasy VII, but I love the history of Spira. I think that the world is just very... Um, there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different things that um, uh, fleshed out Spira's history, and I I'm personally very excited to read that, as well as Final Fantasy VII. Probably. Yeah, I think it's one of the kind of big bugbears that we've had in the West for a long time. In that, a lot of people like ourselves are really interested in the lore. And I guess in the older games, it wasn't so much of an issue. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen kind of made it a really big thing where you actually needed to do a lot of research in the background to try and find out yeah. what was actually going on. And Final Fantasy Fifteen as well. Like, I know that there hasn't been too much information, but there is a lot of stuff in the guidebooks relating to certain characters, their, their relationships, their motivations. And, like, it's the kind of thing that's frustrating because unless you're Japanese uh, and can read it, or you can try and like you basically have to try and source or find people that have done it and then you have to assume that their translations are correct yeah like there the are trouble. you kind of rely on uh, places like the livestream.net who have taken the time to translate some of them but i think they've only really done like excerpts or stuff and of, of certain sections like i think they obviously they've they primarily focused on the final fantasy 7 ultimania yeah but um, like it, they're they're kind of treasure troves for information. They are relating to the story, the characters, the scenario, the like the world. Interviews worlds. that they have in there as well. Like there's so many interviews. Well, yeah, because I creators. mean, I remember when I was doing the Final Fantasy, a lot of research around the Zodiac Age mm-hmm. and um, Final Fantasy Twelve, um, the Zodiac job system. Like Ito had done loads of interviews in the Ultimania, talking about like what what why he made certain changes, like yeah. how he felt the original game had been uh, received, and like there was a lot of philosophy in there as well in terms of like why in the Zodiac uh, Zodiac Age, obviously when you're playing it now, there's like the job system. He was talking in detail about the job system, talking in detail about um uh the, the the even stuff like treasure chests and yeah. why he done treasure chests in certain ways like it was really interesting stuff yeah and like we we miss out on all of that i know and like yeah i just hope that this is a step in the right direction that like square enix are realizing that fans in the west do care about that kind of thing and that they do deserve I that mean, kind of thing it's Obviously, in Japan, it's not Square Enix that produces them. Mm-hmm. It's another company. And yeah. I think, like, even with the guidebooks we get in the West, they're not as good as the ones no. that we get in Japan. Like, the Final Fantasy no. 15 one had horrible mistakes in it. Like, they yeah. used the wrong concept art. They yeah. revealed story details. Like, they had the wrong they names in. They were so in. bad. Like, it's it wasn't very good. No. No, not at all. And I think that's my only fear with this project, that... Mm-hmm. It's gonna be another like sort of horrible mistranslation. It depends. Thingy. It depends how accurate it is and how how much yeah. they're gonna put into the translations because you couldn't end up that the translations are just wrong. Yeah, it's I, true. I mean, like even with like a kind of somewhat related example, obviously Final Fantasy VII. As time is going on and people are becoming more like kind of share like sharing's more of a thing on the internet, we're finding that the actually the translations in Final Fantasy VII were okay but yeah. not actually accurate yeah and certain scenes i'm so. actually tempted to do that really because isn't there a mod where you can change it to the um to the the better translation now I'm not sure. I probably feel like there was 
maybe I should play Final Fantasy VII with the the modded translation because I'd love to get through it. Like, just see what is different and try to understand more about where they were going with the story. Because it explains a lot more about... Because I feel like with the Western version, it's still ambiguous about Genova and Sephiroth and their yeah. relationship and who's doing what when. Whereas in the Japanese version, it's a lot clearer. It's completely clear. But yeah. Anyways. All right. So the next uh, story. Oh, yeah. Well, the next basically, story. are we, are we going to buy it? Yes. Yes, yeah. I'm buying it. Um, the next question, rather, sorry, um, is from Aram Vale at Makosa, at Makosa323. And they ask, if they're really going to work on Final Fantasy XV for another year, what do you want to see them add in or address? Um, To be honest, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I mean, I was in the kind of group that was... I knew that Final Fantasy XV story had deficiencies, but I was happy with them just... It was a piece of art. Yeah. So I was happy with what they'd done. Like, it was their best effort. Great. They can just put it out. Done. Yeah. And it was the same with Mass Effect 3. I didn't... I don't know why they changed the ending, really. Like, yeah. just fans are unhappy. Oh, well. Let's like, fix it. Let's fix like, it. It's kind of like, it's not our piece of work. It's their piece of work. Yeah. If it's a game-breaking glitch, then fair enough. But if it's something more creative, then clearly it was intentional. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Like, that's the thing, isn't it? It's just like, if they released it at this level, like, obviously they meant to release it at this level, and everything else is just kind of like... It's like some of the stuff that they've already added in does still feel does feel a bit disjointed, really. Like, I mean, the additional scenes, like they're quite sort of jarring in how different they are to the original, um, the original sort of uh, cut. So, I mean, I would really want to just say I don't really want to see them add anything in. Yeah. But to answer your question, I feel like obviously. I really wanted to understand more about Ravis. Yeah. They added some basic scenes in about Ravis towards the end of the game that didn't really add that much to the overall proceedings. But I feel like they did him a massive disservice in the earlier parts of the game. Mm-hmm. They did very little outside of what well, in the actual main, main story itself. They did very little to have any kind of... There's, there's basically no backstory for him whatsoever. No. He's just there as some kind of random plot device that just didn't... You're a spare. Yeah, it's like he just... I I felt like he got gypped a lot. And yeah. if they were going to do something as well, I don't know how they'd get it in, but addressing the whole father and son thing because they built up that so much before release and it just wasn't there. I know. I know that everyone wants to see more of stuff about Arden, but really I couldn't care I I think Arden got enough in the game. Mm. Like, I didn't really need anything more Arden. And I didn't really need anything more about the wider world, the history and stuff. Like, it's interesting, but I'd yeah. rather they actually just develop the characters we already have. Yeah. And Ravis, I feel, is the one that probably got shafted the most. I mean, the only thing that I would probably say that, like, I would want or wanted from the original game was more of a story with um, the minor characters, like Taka and Dino and Dave and stuff. Like, if they could have added just an arc for them to just say, like, um, this is where their story's going. Like, Dino gets in trouble with someone, so he has to go into hiding or something. Or, like, Taka's restaurant needs to improve, and then you actually see improvement in it. Like, that's the kind of thing that I sort of was missing. Like, maybe Taka has, like, a a long lost sister somewhere or or a daughter that he needs to bring back or somebody who works at 
at the um diner who needs help so you want them to add more fetch quests like i would i would like <laughs> well no i just want i want there to be a story in it i don't mind the fetch quests as long as i'm working towards something um and i think that's the biggest thing for me was that i didn't didn't feel i don't feel like just doing a fetch quest just for the sake of items i like doing fetch quests for the sake of like there's actually a story there like with fallout like i loved the fact that there was a whole storyline with a lot of the minor characters. Mm. You didn't have to do them, but they had a story there for you if you wanted to go through with it. And it made me feel fulfilled. So that's the only thing that I would I would want to have seen in the game. I don't think that they'd be able to go back and do that kind of thing with them. But like that's the only thing that I I felt would have like really improved my experience with the game and the world itself. Um but yeah and so our last question is from uh zach at zachary p lines and he wants to know of the true standalone titles so we're saying two three sorry we're saying one two three five six eight and nine which uh which do you think we most suited to the sequel prequel treatment um i actually do want to cover this and say final fantasy 5 did actually get a sequel mm, it was yeah. the first sequel yeah it did it did actually um Honestly, I don't think any of them. That's what I was thinking actually when like, I saw this question because I, I was don't like, think any of them. If I think about all those stories, they're all perfectly well self-contained. Yeah. There's no real need for a prequel in it. Like Final Fantasy VIII, what would the prequel be around? Like, yeah, they're all babies. Yeah, <laughs> baby time. And Final Fantasy uh, IX. I think the only one that works with a pre- for a prequel is ten yeah uh with braska that's that's a, a potential out of outside of those ones yeah but that's obviously not um, a true standalone title yeah i mean nine had a pretty had a decent beginning and then end um like a solid ending uh six had a solid beginning and ending um i mean like anything else would just feel forced i think it's also because just they were that was what they were meant to be they were just meant to be beginning ending that's it they weren't meant to have a sequel so i think anything that would be created outside of that would just make it seem a bit odd yeah in a way. um I, don't, I mean like i don't really know what a sequel to final fantasy 8 would look like either no no because like i mean they could make one up and just have a new threat of some kind so- yeah, sorceresses but it are back like, or it would be like a it would be that just to just for the sake of it, wouldn't it? Like it's not really because of anything else. It's just the fact that they want to make. Yeah, a and I think that's the that's kind of the issue with how Final Fantasy games have gone in a way because yeah. like there are lots of multi part games out there, but they're planned that way. Yeah, and Final Fantasy games were never planned with that in mind to the point where Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two they basically had to undo the ending they'd already written. Yeah, and, and it do makes a new no one. Sense. Like, oh, actually, you remember Lightning Beat? She wasn't there. Yeah. You remember that? She yeah. wasn't. No, I don't, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think any of them would be very suited to it. No. Done. No. So that's the end of the questions. If you want to ask us any questions, then tweet them at us. Tweet them at us. Or we have a very old email address, which is actually where I found Jordan's question. <laughs> but he only emailed, like, last month. So that yeah. was good. I hadn't, it, it hadn't gone too long um uh i guess that's from from people that listen to the podcast a long time ago yes 
Uh, we're now going to go on to our news segment there. We've got a brief amount of news here, Lawrence. Mm. First bit relates to Final Fantasy XV, and that is that Comrades uh, was delayed slightly, so that's obviously the multiplayer expansion. It was supposed to come out today, the 31st of <laughs> October, but it's actually coming out next week now because they wanted to make some fine-tuning to the mm. items and stuff. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought, honestly? We might as well just call it Final Fantasy XV delayed. Yeah. The entire project has pretty much had every single part delayed of it. I know. The only bits that haven't been delayed really have been the DLC, but <laughs> now they've broken that dark too. Yep. Good job, Square Enix. Um, and then the next bit of news is Final Fantasy Dimensions 2 will be releasing on the 1st of November, two and a half years after the Japanese release. I'm not really sure I see the point in this. No. No. I mean, I, mean, there, I don't really know much about there it. There has been a lull in mobile game releases, yeah, I, I guess. guess so. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I never played the original Final Fantasy Dimensions. It did release in the West, but I don't. I think it did okay, mm-hmm. but obviously it didn't do that well considering it's taken them two and a half years to localize this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, let's just do it. Let's just. It kind of just makes me wonder why they're doing it, though. I know. Maybe it's because there was a lull and they're just like, we need more mobile money. I don't know. It is a bit strange, though. And then um, next is that uh, the sales for uh, the Zodiac Age have been sort of released. And um, apparently they sold one million copies in three months. Which is pretty good. The first week in Japan, they sold 98,000. Well, I just wanted to... um, to this is more of a comparison, uh, Lauren, to see. So I just because they never announced the same thing for the Final Fantasy X, X, X HD remaster, mm. and I don't really know why they've decided to do it for the Zodiac Age. I feel as it's though they want to make the Zodiac Age seem better than it is. Yeah, I feel as though that's the thing. Like they they wanted to be like, look, guys, it actually sold. Like. Please. Good job. Yeah, like it wasn't. What do you want? A prize? Because yeah, like um. So just for your reference, yeah, that in Japan the Zodiac Age sold a hundred thousand copies in its first week. Ten Ten Two sold three hundred forty thousand copies in its first week, like two hundred fifty percent more. But that's the worser game. Yeah. Apparently. So like I don't know. It's it, I mean it's really good that it's sold. Yeah, it's really good. Like it's um, great that it's sold. But yeah, but... it's just a bit weird that they didn't ever do any kind of announcement for the previous remasters they've done that I'm yeah. aware of. Yeah. Yeah. i'm aware of <laughs> at least. um but yeah other than that that's, that's, that's pretty much pretty it. much it yeah. i feel lawrence i know so our music for this episode is from final fantasy 10 part 2 and it's an arrangement of eternity by oh. i'm gonna let you say that lawrence it's by ikunen oni so hopefully you guys enjoy that. It's an acoustic guitar version lauren it's was very, very emotional when she was listening to oh. it earlier you did you it were very emotional so Yes. No, I love the song from Final Fantasy X too. Yeah. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 14th of November. Be sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Just search for Final Fantasy and we're there or thereabouts. And obviously, if you haven't subscribed on our YouTube channel yet, be sure to do so as well. We have live chats every Sunday. Lauren's playing through Final Fantasy X on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah, we're in like the end game stuff, guys. Like this is just bizarre how fast it's gone but yeah we're we're doing well doing well lauren has to decide what she's doing next though that's the thing mm, she's that's bit, the thing she's been non-committal at the moment i know uh obviously if you want to check out all the latest news coverage then go to finalfantasyunion.com where our news is provided by Braden. 
And if you'd like to support us and obviously give yourself a chance in monthly giveaways, then uh, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. All right, guys, on that note, it's uh, it's time for us to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFansUnion.com production.